Hi, I'm Rail Bricker, and I'll be one of your hosts for the Business Excellence Podcast. Hi, and I'm Lindsay Adams. I'm the co-host. And together, we're going to be talking about what makes up business excellence. And we believe that you can never be perfect. All you can be is excellent. And in our businesses and in our lives, we want to achieve excellence. And that's why this is the Business Excellence Podcast. Welcome to today's edition of the Business Excellence Podcast. With me, as usual, is my co-host from Brisbane, Lindsay Adams. Hello and welcome. And today we welcome back on the podcast, Alan Stevens from London in the United Kingdom. Alan, as I have mentioned on a previous podcast, is a virtual and remote speaking specialist, virtual event organizer, reputation specialist, a speaker, MC, speaker coach, and author. And today we're going to be discussing the revised edition of Alan's book that has just been released. Thanks. It's great to be back. Alan, it's great to have you here. Uh, Seven years ago, I believe, you released the first edition of The Exceptional Speaker. And I I have a personally signed copy of that book sitting on my bookshelf, uh, which I'm quite proud to own, and I've, I've loaned it to a number of emerging speakers. It's a great read. Um, at the time, as I recall, you and Paul Dutois, your co-author, uh, put that book together. It was based on um, hundreds of newsletters that one or both of you had written. And, and at the time, I thought, well, how is this going to be? And I was amazed at at the great job you guys did and bringing that book together. I've read other books which are clearly just a newsletter followed by another newsletter, you know, stuck together with a bit of sticky tape. Um, that is not your book at all. So well done. And um, tell us about what have you revised? I'm guessing um, there's going to be something about remote or, or virtual speaking in the new book. Um, what's What's different? Well, thank you for those kind words, Lindsay. It's very kind of you indeed. And we did work very hard on that. And you're right. It's not just newsletters stuck together. It's it's my newsletter, about 400 of my newsletters, sections on speaking and, and so on, which Paul took and reworked and added his own stuff in. What we've done for the second edition, which is now seven or revised edition, seven years later. Yes, you're absolutely right, because we're a lot of us are speaking remotely and virtually now. We've added a whole section on that. But we also updated the entire book. Uh, we've gone back to the original content, the original 70,000 words. We've we've rewritten a lot of it. We've taken some stuff out. We've put some extra stuff in. It's really a brand new book. And we've tried to use all of the feedback that we've had from people over the last, including yourself, over the last seven years. And what we've done is to make it very contemporary. Uh, and we've worked very hard on that. Obviously, the virtual speaking is an important element of that. But more important than that, you know, speaking has changed. Speaking does change over the years, and we've reflected that in the book, which is now over 100,000 words and something we're very proud of. And so, so you, you actually coach speakers. Hmm. Uh, I'm assuming that this text is uh, would be, uh, you know, the, the groundwork that you, you know, give all the people you coach, but is it more aimed at beginners or is it aimed at experienced speakers or, or is it like where, where's your niche, do you think, or is it all of them? This, well, it's been described, and not by me, uh, as an encyclopedia of speaking. So I'm rather happy with that. <laughs> you know, it, it allows people to access it 
what, whatever their level. And I think the, what, the way that we try to write this is to provide something for, for everyone. But I, I tend not to divide people into beginners and, and intermediate and experts because everybody can learn something. I'm learning something every day. So are you. So we can, we can always learn something from what we read. But whether you're a person just starting out, uh, a person who's never spoken before, there's a whole chapter on how to become confident when you're delivering, for example, and overcoming nerves, or whether you're somebody who already delivers on a grand stage and needs to up your game, you'll find something in there. And we that, that's been the hardest thing, actually, to write it so that it will work for different types of audiences. People will take different things from it. It's like when we watch a film, we take different things from it according to where we are. And I think that's... We, we put it out for review already, obviously, and a lot of people have come back to us have, have been very good. In fact, one, two of the reviews that have excited us most of all, we had one from a man called Professor David Crystal, who wrote the Cambridge Encyclopedia of the English Language, the man who knows more about English than almost anybody else. Oh, my goodness. And he said he learned a lot from reading the book, and I thought, my goodness, whoa, thank you very whoa. much. You know, so we're going to go with that. Well done, you. Yeah. So, Alan, is there a, you know, is demand increasing? I mean, we're seeing in Australia a big group of emergent speakers or people that mm-hmm. that want to follow the path of professional speaking. And, and, and my co-host, Lindsay, has been doing a lot of work in Brisbane with a number of people who are, you know, emerging as speakers and becoming professional speakers. You know, what is the, what is... And, and what is the situation in the UK and how has it been affected over the last 10 months of COVID? Well, it's been affected quite badly, as, as you might expect, as, as it has been around. And actually, praise to Lindsay, I've worked with his group of emerging speakers, doing a fantastic job there. In the UK, what, what we found is that there was an immediate slump in demand uh, and the, the whole across Europe as well. And I think that's probably a global thing. You know, there was a, an immediate reaction to this this shock that hit the entire world at the same time and everything stopped, the world stopped. Uh, What's starting to happen now is that people are coming out of that phase and bookings are on the increase, demand is on the increase, but people are still feeling their way a little bit. They're not entirely sure what they're looking for. We know that the big stage events are not going to come back for a while, certainly not in Europe. Um, So people are looking at virtual and online. How can they make things work? And I think a lot of what we're seeing is a focus on how to bring teams together who are working disparately, working remotely. And that's where the – so what people are looking for now is professionals who can come in and help to unite and bring together a team, which is somewhat different from the sort of thing that we used to do on stage before when we come and do the big hooray at a, a global conference and that sort of thing. And that that's definitely gone for a while. So, uh, interesting you say gone for a while. I've had people say the speaking industry, as we know it, is dead. Uh, you know, we're moving everything online. There won't be any more face-to-face events. What are your thoughts around that one? Uh, well, of course, there'll be more face-to-face events. I, I think they'll take a while. I think I think once the vaccine kicks in globally and we all feel comfortable about being in each other's company uh, in large numbers, I think that, that will take a while. That may take a year. It may take two years. But we all know, because we've all done this, that there's something about being with a crowd. You know, whether it's a, a speaking event or a music gig or a sporting event, there's something about that which is a basic human need. So you can't stop that. There, of course, there's going to be online, and, and there's a great, there are lots of advantages to working online. Bigger audiences, you know, shorter lead times, more more interaction. 
in, in some cases with people than you can on a stage. But my goodness me, I guarantee as soon as we get the opportunity to safely get back in a large stadium, auditorium, conference hall, whatever it is, people are going to take it. It was interesting. I, I spoke at a conference last night, a UK-based conference, and I mm-hmm. at 6 p.m., first time, uh, 10 a.m., London, that I, I was the speaker for an hour. And it was quite interesting because there were you know hundreds of people online. I don't even know what the total number was. Mm. But the system they were using was um, had nothing. I saw a picture of myself. Mm. <laughs> that was it. Um, and I kept having to ask for feedback via the chat box because unlike what we've become used to for smaller events, which is seeing other people's facial reactions on screen, that, uh, you know, are you seeing in the virtual world that, that you know, call it the webinar type software as opposed to the meeting type software, proposing more challenges to speakers where you don't have any feedback. It, it certainly, right. It absolutely opposes more challenges because there's a there's a, a mindset shift that we have to go through, and that is that we are now TV presenters rather than people who stand on a stage. We, we sit in a digital rectangle and we can't see the audience. A TV presenter has no connection with the audience except for the occasional texting or or email that they might receive off you know off air so we we have to think about ourselves differently yet yes sometimes we can't see the audience sometimes we can some systems will allow you to interact with an audience and i've got to tell you doing online comedy does require some feedback sometimes because you know those of us that do that (laughs) it's nice to nice to see people laughing even if you can't hear them um but in terms of 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 us, and I think it's us that has the issue about how we present. You've you've got to believe there are people there. You've got to talk to one individual in your head. That's how the whole TV presenting thing works. It's a shift for us, and I don't think the audience worries too much because they're used to watching television. They've been doing it for decades. So I think it's our issue rather than an overall issue to do with the audience or the, or the event itself. Yeah, good, interesting, interesting. And I, I think I agree. There's... Uh People have to get used to, uh, you know, being in a little box and then talking and being expressive. Um, I just want to circle back to your book again, Alan. Uh, I, uh, I, I um, was lucky enough to be given a copy by you very generously. Thank you. I want to get the revised one. Where am I going to be able to get that? Is it going to be available on Amazon? Like how, how yeah. will our listeners get a hold of this book? It, it will be on Amazon, uh, absolutely. We, um, I mean, I, I, I think Paul's going to ship some from his own website. I probably won't. I'll, I'll be using uh, Amazon to, to ship. There's a Kindle edition as well, which people can, can purchase if they want to. That's so, so, so there's a Kindle edition. There's also a PDF. So for those people, um, strange as it may seem, that actually want to read an entire book on PDF, and there are some, it'll be available too. So it'll be in those three formats, but certainly it'll be on Amazon. What are the we're talking about books today, and and, and I guess it's part of the the DNA of the speaker in, in industry of everyone publishing a book. I published mine in 2018. I have another one in the works. Um, you know, Lindsay's had one published and one in the works. You know, it's it's it, it, is that going to become? And and you mentioned the PDF version because to me that's hmm. more interesting because. People don't want to because PDFs are easily transferable between people. Hmm. You know, is that a natural fear that you're speaking to people that don't want to do a PDF because they can send it to twenty friends? 
Well, it's a very good point. And I mean, I've, I've written a few books now. And, you know, like this is what we do in our business. And we write, we write books. So I've written a bunch of them. And a few years ago, I had a, an alert set up on the name of one of my books. It was called The Pocket Media Coach. I published over 12 years ago now. And I found out it was being available on a bunch of websites, mostly in countries I didn't know for free. You could just down, down, down. And I was furious. I was going to kill. I was going to, I was going to go there out of Mongolia, wherever the hell it was. And I was going to deal with these people. Um, and then I suddenly realized, of course, that that's just going to happen. It's going to happen anyway. And this, this, this was a book that was never in digital form. It's only ever been a paperback. And yet somebody had digitized it. They'd either photographed the pages or they'd retyped the whole thing. I don't know what they'd done. And it was now available in digital form. And I, I actually, I actually went and got a copy, you know, for free <laughs> off this Mongolian website. And I thought, oh, this is great. They digitized it for me. So I, I'm not, I'm not so precious about the fact that people are going to do that. They are going to pass the contents around. They're going to give somebody books. I mean, Lin- Lindsay lends my book to people. He doesn't even let them buy it for goodness sake. So. You know, that, that, that's going to happen. And I think you've just got to get that out of your head. We don't make loads of money from books. I mean, unless you're JK Rowling, you're not going to make a lot of money from books. What we do is we put our expertise in it and, pe- and it builds our reputation. You know, pe- people learn about us from it. So I think I, I never, I never worry too much about that side of things. If people want my information in whatever form, that's fine. And if they want to give it to somebody else, that's fine too by me. Well, I guess that circles back to something. I mean, you're, you're one of your, your specialist areas on reputation. Hmm. So one of the debates around with a lot of the professional speakers is some people are very nervous to put full keynotes or one of their keynotes yeah. online. Now, I have a full keynote online because I was given that advice by a speaker friend who lives in Singapore. He said, put at least one full keynote online so people can see who you are. Yeah. Um, what is your... What is your take on that? And in, in the same vein of, well, you want more people to have your book. I, I, I'm absolutely in agreement with uh, with whoever it was in Singapore. I, I I do all of that. I put all my speeches online. I don't worry at all about people sharing. I encourage them to share them. If people, if I'm doing a speech on stage and people whip their phones out to record me, I say, make sure you spell my name right. I mean, that's that's really all I'm interested in. You know, when you pass that on. And I, the, the the mantra for me is that I I, I give away my content. In large, you know, I do sell the book, obviously, but most of my content I give away, but I sell my expertise. So if, if people want me to come and work with them, I'm going to work just with them and in their special circumstance. And that's going to cost a, a pretty penny, if I may say so, because I'm pretty good at this. But if they're, if they just want some stuff, if they want my free newsletter, if they want my, want to listen to my podcast, my radio show, if they want to share my book, if they want to give their PDF, I am delighted. I'm really pleased. So I, I, I'm very happy to put all of my speeches online and people watch them. I am not in the least precious about that. I encourage people to do it because I want them to employ me as an expert. That, that's where I work. Alan, um, it's been great having you on the show. I, I get a copy of your uh, Media Coach uh, email newsletter that comes out in my time zone every Thursday afternoon. How right. would, if people want to enroll, uh, get a hold of that, get on, get on to your TV show? You've got a TV show, a radio show. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got your own uh, newspaper newsletter. Uh, yep. So where where can people go to um, sign up for that? Because I, I would highly recommend it, uh, and and or just contact you in general. And of course, you. get a copy of that, that new yeah. book. Thank you. It's mediacoach.co.uk. 
Or if you just type media coach into Google, chances are you'll find me on the front page. I'm known as the media coach, but mediacoach.co.uk, you can sign up for the newsletter, you can listen to the web radio show, you can do whatever you want. You can get a whole bunch of free information. I've got 100 free video tips uh, that are coming up, uh, being launched in, in December on my brand new website. Uh, so look out Fantastic. for that. And, uh, yeah. Thanks again. Thanks again, Alan. I'll pass back to you, Rail, to close off. Thank you, Alan Stevens, for joining us again on the Business Excellence Podcast. And thanks, as usual, to my co-host, Lindsay Adams from Brisbane. I'm Rail Brooker, signing off for another edition of the Business Excellence Podcast. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Business Excellence Podcast.